Welcome to the Worth the Wisdom podcast. My name is Yinka McCauley and I'm your host. Worth the Wisdom is a prong of Well Millennial, a community that seeks to enable better experiences and the promotion of well-being within life and work. Within the upcoming episodes and our discussion with guests, we have honest conversations about life, work, and transitions, ranging from milestones, successes, failures, and everything in between, and how they shape and define our individual and shared experiences. Worth the Wisdom is a podcast designed for well-being, where wisdom is shared to support your development, mindset, leadership, and resiliency. Thank you for listening. In today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Shara Ali. Shara, welcome to the podcast. Please introduce yourself to our community. Uh, so for having me, you can call me Shara. Um, so, you know, just part of my background academically, you know, finishing my bachelor's, double mastered in business and nursing, uh, and didn't feel like that was enough. So went back and completed my doctorate degree in California. Um, and through my, you know, academic career, professionally speaking, I was working simultaneous to that, uh, where I worked within progressive leadership roles, first starting as a registered nurse at uh, the Center for Addiction Mental Health, and afterward working in nonprofit and for-profit uh, leadership roles, uh, which expanded my knowledge within the mental health sector specifically, um, and also having the opportunities, I would say, to also serve as the president for the Doctorate of Nursing Practice Association in California. Um, a lot of my work is inspired from a fellowship that I was awarded in 2019, where I also was able to meet the Dalai Lama um, and really embrace and uh, immerse myself in Eastern culture, per se, in the environment, which was essential to the development of my business neuroorganics. And so a lot of my work is born out of the Western philosophy of mental health care, but as well as the Eastern philosophy of care. So it's not your traditional mental health service where, you know, it's only focused on things. It's more so looking toward the future. So uh, that's a bit about me. So I guess let's first jump into um, neuroorganics. And you mentioned that you launched um, neuroorganics last year. Can you share with us a little bit more about what that is and also um, just your journey in terms of launching it? Yeah. So, you know, neuroorganics is focused in on four points of contention that I think everybody has. And I know that I've had it personally. Um, so outside of my academic and professional careers, I think it's also important to be authentic. And I noticed um, after a few hardships that I was really struggling and the struggle came from um, disparities or interruptions in the relationship I, at the time, had lacked to build with myself, with others, my physique and finances. And that's what neuroorganics neuro really focuses in on because these four relationships are so paramount to the quality of your life. Um, and also not just from an, um, an external point of view, but internally. You know, I often think about Nelson Mandela who was in prison, but he often referred to himself as the most freest person compared to somebody who wasn't. And that is because of mindset, but mindset with regard to these key relationships and how you associate yourself with them. And so neuroorganics, um, it helps people, especially young people who are challenged with, you know, social media, what direction to go in. It's, it's almost like uh, one of those times in our lives that we're seeing that the linear approach, you go to school, you get a job, white picket fence, you're married, like all of that is actually being disrupted. 
uh, which is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, the new wave of generations and how we operate in the world. And with that, and then the combination of how to navigate the complexities of online dating, for example, or online working. And we've seen that obviously during COVID um, and a lot of the sort of political and health landscapes and the complexities of that. And people are almost feeling like they're walking down an aisle in a grocery store where there's like 15 jams to choose from when actually psychology tells you if there's three, you're more likely to buy, your expectations are more likely to be met and your trust in that um, ability to make those decisions is higher. And so right now, a lot of people are carrying this, we're seeing this rise in depression and anxiety, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, but it's really learning how to navigate within these four relationships that I created NeuroOrganics, which has actually captured attention of like Forbes, Her Norm Magazine, you know, Digital Health Buzz and whatnot. So, you know, the platform is uh, becoming larger, which is really exciting because it also speaks to, you know, the vulnerability that people are experiencing at the moment. Thanks for the background, Shara. Something I want to circle back to that you mentioned in relation to past and traditional past, and also in thinking about the setbacks or failures that we might experience. Do you have any insight on that? I love celebrating the failures or the perceived failures that people think that they've done or, you know, experienced or what have you, because, you know, they don't call it growing pains for no reason. Like that pain is strategically designed to align you with what is important for you mentally, physically, and spiritually. And so allowing and accepting that is really part of the growth process within neuroorganics. Because again, it's those pain points that you think that, oh, I failed or, you know, or I need to change something about my body or, you know, something that you consider as a failure or uh, not good enough to create something that is actually supposed to lead you or direct you into whatever that thing is for you. Because that is your purpose. One of the things you talked about was around mindset. And at Well Millennial, we're also interested in the area of transitions. So I'd love to segue and talk about how does mindset coincide and relate to how we navigate and experience transitions? Yeah, so transitions are exciting. Like I think about if you get a new job or you're in a new relationship, you know, we often associate transitions before we're even in them with positivity, you know, like I remember even being a kid, I couldn't wait to be an adult. And now I'm just like, oh, I hate paying bills. Like I, but I I wish I could transition backwards, but I can't. So, you know, I think uh, we often enter transitions with a positive mindset and it's with good intentions and often intentions that would uh, benefit us or whoever you're trying to provide resources to. With that being said, I would encourage people that whenever a source of change is um, coming, you're anticipating, um, or you're just sort of open to, always consider the angles of what that source of change means. Because while there could be a lot of positivity, um, there could also be impact in the sense of you might receive new challenges with how to work a new skill set that you might be gaining. So it's going to challenge your confidence. It's going to challenge uh, your resiliency. It's going to challenge your capabilities to remain true to who you are. Um, and that within itself can interfere that relationship. And I, I often think about Shakespeare 
when I was in high school and that conflict, that one-on-one -on -one conflict that he referred to in his pieces. And, you know, I, and when it comes to change, I often uh, encourage people to reflect on what is, what are your values and does that change align with your mental, spiritual, and physical well-being? And even if it's slightly off, is it to the point where it's actually going to push you in the direction that you're looking to go to? So that finding that alignment and transition is so essential to your wellness. And that allows you to take responsibility for any falls, highs and lows that might come with the transition. And then once you're in the transition, it feels awkward. Like change is, change is hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Change yeah. is always hard. Like you think about your first date, that first day on the job, you know, your first day of driving, your palms are sweaty, your heart is racing, you're excited, you're nervous. Like it's a, it's a, it's a nice blended roller coaster. And then what that also doesn't change is that it affects your relate, how you communicate with others because they're also in their own bubble trying to figure out this thing called life. And so you might put your best foot forward with great intentions and it might be received with resistance or openness. So being open to both and knowing that what do I have control over in this situation, which is only going to be yourself and learning how to navigate uh, those relationships. So when it's at work, keep it at work. You know, that would be one of my, you know, strong uh, pieces of advice, unless you see that transition from work, that colleague into friendship. And you'll know that because it'll align with your values and, uh, and listen to your intuition. Your intuition, your gut does not lie. If it does not feel right, it's not right. You know, and if, if your gut it has some resistance, but it's kind of saying go for it, it's probably because life is trying to push you a little bit. You know, listen to your gut when it comes to other people and then make sure it aligns with who you are and what your goals are. Because that within itself is so paramount to not coming home feeling like awful, mm -hmm. you know, but then putting yourself back in that same situation. And if you have to be in that situation, still recognizing what you have to do to remain in control of yourself in terms of your reactions, how you treat yourself and not allowing their possible negativities to saturate you, rather looking for the good is always going to be your best bet. I know it sounds kind of like cheesy and hard, and, you know, but at the same time, that's really your decision there. Is it that you're going to embrace the negativity? Cause that can feel easier. Cause that's what, you know, that's what's around you. Or is it that you're going to embrace a positivity? And if you happen to step into a positive zone with other people in that new relationship, whether, whether it's, you know, colleague, family, uh, intimate friendship, then that's, that's a bonus. That means you're aligned, right? And then um, also just being mindful that within transition that you should probably also be looking at what can I do not so you you've embraced this transition for yourself. Most likely that's what you're going for this net positive for yourself. What is a net positive that you're giving back? You know, I think we often look for what, you know, and and, you know, I say this so respectfully, but I, I find with, you know, is certain, like maybe younger generations, it's more so there's this belief that they have this skill set and you probably do. But there is this, you know, well, what are you going to give to me for that skill set? 
So versus maybe, uh, you know, I think about my parents where they would just donate their whole life to like this new relationship to make sure it worked. And it just made like they were the sacrificial sort of generation. And they, while they might have complained and whatnot, they would never have crossed the line of maybe saying, well, what are you going to give to me if I were to do that? So even, um, so I would actually say recognizing that your skill sets are essential uh, but also remembering that you need to provide something, whether that's for the company to nourish that relationship, to uh, give back to the community, because that is where you start to settle the ego. You start to settle the ego in the sense of you don't think you're this big, mighty, strong person, you know, and you're and then you become someone that you're not or you don't lower yourself to think that, so that others can feel better about themselves. You, you show up as you are, you feel comfortable with who you are. And there is something that you find in terms of gratitude and gratitude throughout the years has been the number one thing that people always say to refer back to in terms of, you know, what is it at the end of the day that you want to feel or how you sort of want to connect with the world, connect with yourself? Gratitude never has gone out of style. So what is it that you're giving back in those relationships? Oh, they happen, right? And that goes the same. So that relationship with yourself, make sure that you're aligned with yourself and that you're being gracious to yourself in the sense of making sure you're taking care of your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. When you're in your relationship with others, intimate, collegial, whatever it is, making sure that it aligns. And even if there's points of conflict, understanding how to navigate yourself so that there's a level of understanding, um, but also giving back to that person in terms of kindness. When it comes to your physical self, and I, and I had to separate yourself from your physical self because out of our five senses, the first, the first sense that makes any point of judgment is our vision. So we wake up in the morning, we look at ourselves in the mirror, right off the bat, it's either going to be positive or negative, and then you're going to be judged by the rest of the world. So having a positive um, relationship with your body, your physique is essential. You need to feel good and healthy, whatever that means for you. That, that could easily mean being 300 pounds for someone or being really you know, fit and into you know, muscle building or being slim, but whatever it is, making sure that aligns with your health and fitness goals. So so that you feel comfortable in your own skin and giving back to your body and recognizing, you know, even from like a spiritual point of view, I often like just thank God for the things that I don't have. That being uh, how, like knowing that my kidneys are working, my liver is working, my heart is working. We don't see these things. So we often forget. And so giving back to your body in terms of recognizing its, uh, its functionality and speaking to yourself in gratitude with that regard. And with your finances, it's the same thing. There is this fear or bubble around building that relationship during transitional times. But really, it's about, you know, this is what I have. How can I build a healthier relationship with my finances and bringing back that sense of gratitude with, okay, I, I'm here. I have this opportunity. What else can I do with my finances to benefit me, but also to benefit perhaps others or building, you know, something within the community or building something that is meaningful for you, maybe even starting a charity, it's just something in terms of gratitude, because I'll tell you this, people that are super, super, super wealthy, 
I find something that relieves them of that is that giving back, mm-hmm. you know, and again, this doesn't have to be monetary, but it, it certainly is a part of it. And also giving back in terms of your kindness, your intentions, your, you know, well-being so that if during those transitions, things really go awry, you can at the end of the day know that you put your best foot forward, you gave it what you got, and you're going to take the lessons that you've learned and put it toward the next transition and not waste a lot of time feeling guilty and shameful and bring yourself down. Just even like that very last point that you said around even when things go awry, and really that, like one of the reflections I had as I was listening to you was that was really the, one of the, I would say inceptions behind why I named this podcast Work the Wisdom. And really it's looking at the fact that even when transitions are difficult, there's wisdom that we can glean from it. There's things that we can take away from it. And I loved what you said around gratitude and giving back. Because I think also for me, one of the things that I was thinking about was there's so many of us who are going through transitions. And if through these stories that are being shared through other people who are you know, sharing their stories, sharing their wisdom, that they too can then feel like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going through this or I'm navigating this, but there's been others who've also navigated this. And now I can like take that. It's like, sharing it with the communities that they themselves know that they're not alone, number one, and that number two, that they can hopefully use the experiences or relate to the experiences of others as they themselves are are navigating or going through different transitions. So I love that you highlighted gratitude and giving back and not just thinking about it as being, you know, what can I take and what can I take, but also how can you help and support others? So in building on the concept of the wisdom that we can glean from our own personal and individual transitions, What wisdom or learnings have you gathered through the transitions that you navigated in life and in your career? I think, you know, when people look at like my bio, they're like, oh my gosh, she must be doing so well. She must be very happy. And it's not to say that I'm not. It's also just to recognize that I wouldn't be here without the downfalls, you know, the downfalls of, uh, having people speak negatively about to me um, based on their opinions, their projected um, own concerns of themselves and they project that onto me. And, you know, in particular, I, I dove very deeply into education to, and I used it as my own bandaid when I was going through pain. And yes, it led me to, you know, multiple degrees and where I I am today. So it's probably considered one of the healthier addictions to some degree, but, you know, it's not to say it was the right thing to do. And I say that because now that I know what I know, what I have done all of those degrees, probably not. I think I would have started this company 10 years ago, but I wouldn't have had the substance to do it. Mm -hmm. And so in the transitions in your life, when it's good, you feel like you're on top of the world. You thought you met that person. You thought you nailed that job. You thought you fixed that problem at home. You thought you have the best group of friends and you probably do for that time. But time is not infinite. It must end for all of us because we are here on earth for a short period of time. And when those times you know, collapse, We feel like, why me? I did everything right. I went to school. I was really nice. I bought this person that I, you know, I, you do everything right. But according to who? 
what does that even mean? So that is where I had to learn how to align myself after the breakups, after failure, after termination, after, you know, um, not being rejected. And through rejection is where you find gold. You find gold in learning how to be who you're supposed to be. And without that, you can build so many companies, you can build, you know, your wealth, you can build all of these things externally. But if you're not aligned internally, that is where we see people fall apart. When they come home and they break down and they cry before they go to bed, they wake up in the morning, they're miserable, but they're putting their makeup on, they're shaving, they're doing whatever they have to do. They go out into the world, they look great, they seem great on paper, but it's when you, you know, and I always refer to this, it's before you wake, when you wake up or just before you go to bed and you're really alone with your thoughts, if it's not feeding you wellness and goodness and joy, despite if you had a good or a bad day, you're not doing something right in those four relationships. And within transitions, they, they should go up and down, but you should be able to find a sustainable point of view that creates, that fills you up so that whether, so that, you know, and I finally understand the saying, if you're waking up in the morning and you're not doing something that makes you feel good and this is your last day, you're doing it wrong. Mm. So that is really, to me, the point of transitions. And that is why life puts you in transitions to guide you, to help you, to get you to where you're supposed to be. And that fills you up. So for me, that's what my experiences have been as, as horrible as they have been. I will tell you, I went through some transitions where I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? But it wouldn't have built my confidence or resiliency that I have today. So. Wow. And for someone who is going through transition or has uh, navigated a difficult experience and they want to have or maintain their confidence, is there anything that you would say or share as to like how they can do that? So I love what you said around when you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed and you're just alone with yourself and you can think about, you're just alone with your thoughts. How does one maintain or boost their confidence if they've just experienced something that might've been difficult? Yeah. You know, I think the cycle of grief comes into play here. You know, it's okay to be angry, uh, frustrated, negotiate, deny everything in between, because that's what makes you human. But I will say this in that process, be, be your best friend. I Mm. think one of the things that I did in terms of wasting a lot of time, and I'm certain a lot of people do is that you beat yourself up. You become your worst enemy. You, you talk to yourself as if you're, you know, like the most disappointed parent in the world. It's, and it's, and to be honest, that's a lot of the subconscious mind thinking also coming through and it comes through daily, but it, it pushes even harder when you're in a negative situation. So reprogramming that with, you know, remaining in the conscious mind, affirmations of who you are, what you are in a positive light. And it's not to be fake toward yourself, but it actually doesn't do you any good or any source of purpose to be that negative towards yourself. Because once you transition into something better, because something better will come along, like transitions are just a part of life. It's built in there for a reason. 
but it won't allow you to openly welcome that new experience. You will have built your guard up so high. You will resist it. You'll walk into it, but you have emotionally uh, created this bubble around you where you can't connect with yourself, with others. Uh, you let go of habits related to your body or your finances, and then you find yourself in this cycle, this negative cycle, uh, because you've just built this negative mindset. And whether that's learned or not, this is where responsibility comes in to shifting that because there's nothing worse than hating yourself. And that within itself is what differentiates or sorts people between, you know, success within, with regard to internal peace or not. So when you're going through something and you will know that you will accept it and take it for what it is. And that pain is the same pain that you learned when you were a kid to not touch the stove. You are supposed to go through that pain. Your journey, you are now in a point of your life where you're learning intangible skills. And they're the hardest because we don't see them. Intangible meaning you don't see the low moods, you feel them, you can't explain why all the time, um, but you are learning. And so, being kind and nice to yourself will help you get through it because then even when other people try to tell you nice things like, no, Shara, it's fine. You're okay. You're not this, or you are this, you won't be able to accept it. Like you just literally built a bubble around yourself. So be open to scars. You're going to fall off that bike several hundreds of times, but you're going to get up. You're going to learn from it. You might have to put band-aids on to cope during that time but you're going to invest in yourself. And that investment begins with becoming a good friend to yourself. And a good friend also means being honest and taking responsibility for where faults in those relationships you have to own because that's the lesson. That's how you change as a person. So, you know, think about how you speak to your friend. And if you're always just feeding them oh, like positivity, 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 you're kind of being fake as well. And I think that's really important to say. Critical thinking that to me, that's lazy thinking and that's lazy feedback. Don't don't just use this opportunity just to be super nice to yourself. Be nice to yourself, but also reflect, critically reflect and say, you know what? I could have probably done that a little bit better. And that betterment that you identify with kindness is where your success lies. Something that you said in your response just around connecting with yourself and connecting with others. One of the things that it made me think about was um, recently in a past engagement, many millennials had indicated that they're feeling a sense of loneliness and isolation. And likely many other people are also experiencing that, especially with this pandemic that we're in and the transition to working from home and, you know, just the different environmental contexts in which we're working in and living in. Um, do you have any thoughts around that, around how to build or, or strengthen relationships, whether it's the relationship with oneself or perhaps it's how we connect and build relationships with others in a meaningful way um, during this time? Because obviously we're in, a, we're in a new normal right now with this pandemic. Um, so I'd love to hear your insights and thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's just what COVID is testing right now is, uh, you know, I think of Eric Erickson's growth and development and, you know, millennials in particular, where they're kind of in that 
intimacy, growth phase, you know, uh, friendship phase, a lot of growth. And so are they being robbed at that time? I would say yes. Like if I'm going to be completely honest, but at the same time, pre-COVID, they were already robbed of that because of technology and robbed of it in the sense that connecting with people has become very different in the sense of not being able to necessarily walk up to that person that you like and ask them out and, you know, use those intangible skills of courage and bravery and face rejection, you know, so what I would say is that use technology as your friend pre, post, during COVID in the sense of, I would say COVID, you know, allows us to return to some basics in the sense of maybe texting is not all that it's cracked up to be. It's easy. It's fast. Ease is the greatest threat to progress in any relationship that you build. So if you're just texting and you're not hearing background noise, you're not hearing that laughter, you're not hearing that emotion you're connecting, your your ability to connect with others is going to be limited. So I would really say use that skill set of courage and bravery to jump on a Zoom call or jump on the phone and have a chat and learn that you are deserving of that human to human interaction because we are like a pack of wolves. You never see a wolf walk alone. They walk together. You know, and so we're the same way. Humans depend on that social interaction, whether you're extroverted or introverted, you need that element. Um, And that is especially for people that might be single or have to live apart from their family or, you know, literally live alone um, would be one element that I would suggest. The second would be, you know, social like networking, you know, LinkedIn, for example, get on there, know know your interests. And that's why you have to really understand who you are, your values, your interests, what, you know, whatever that is, get on there and network with people who are alike. And if, even if not LinkedIn, I even Bumble, they have uh, new ways to build friendships, new ways to date, new ways to build business partners, get on there, use this time to build. And you, and because everybody's kind of like a tech genius in the millennial sort of uh, generation, Use that to your advantage in the sense of building or, you know, kind of bridging that loneliness with strategy and building that, building that strategy through text messaging, which is fine, but also jumping on that call, jumping on that Zoom call, you know, getting out of that fear of what if they say no, if they say no, then they're probably not that great for you. You know what I mean? Like, and accepting that rejection is so essential for this population. Um, and also you know, next to that, I would say learning how to be alone is really important. And that's really hard for millennials, especially when, you know, you're at the younger end, because you're still like, you're wanting to jump into all of these different things in life as you should. And so, you know, learning how to be alone with your thoughts. And to me, I kind of think that this is now that I know what I know, I kind of find this to be a blessing in the sense of knowing how to be on your own building up different skill sets for yourself so that your confidence is not just in one bucket. Maybe that's being an academic or being in a relationship, building up different skill sets while you're at home. Um, so that when you, when, you know, we're out of this mess of the COVID-19, you can walk out feeling a bit more confident within yourself too. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of different support networks with regard to COVID-19. Like loneliness is such a big thing that I'm sure that there's a lot of networking going on about that. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. Loneliness is a very real feeling. And so knowing that you're not alone and 
just kind of putting yourself out there will be important. And then also remembering that we're all, um, you know, depending on wherever you live, you're allowed to be within a bubble. So being strategic with who's in that bubble, are they, are, you know, are they putting the time into you as you are into them? Could you like make food and have like a distance dinner, you know, just kind of getting creative. So I think really what I would say is that it inspires a bit more of your right brain to, to get creative, to be a bit of a visionary with the types of relationships that you want to walk out of COVID with and why you decided to build those relationships. Because if you're only building these relationships out of loneliness, you're going to find yourself in a bit of turmoil post COVID. So be strategic with how and who you select to have in your life at this moment. Super hard. I, I know, I know, but use this time as strategy about how to use your time wisely would be my response to that. It's a little harsh, I know, but also it's a bit of reality. So that's that. Those would be some of my tips. Great. As I'm listening, some of the things that I'm reflecting upon is um, the fact that this pandemic and COVID-19 really has, I think, helped society to really recognize the need for humanity and human-centered approaches, as in, like, although we can leverage and use technology, we still need to make sure that, like, as humans, we need that sort of real and meaningful and deep connection. So I love that you said that. And one of the things that I'm walking away from today's discussion and talk about is, like, what you said around the intangible things and really taking time to invest in building them. So even if, say, for example, you reach out to someone and you experience a rejection, you took cur- you had courage to be able to do that, right? Like you, and there's a lot of emerging um, just research or work that's tying to the future of work and the future of leadership skills. And those soft skills are those things that you not, like are called soft and I'm doing my hands in air quotes, but they're really the hard skills, right? Because it's the things that you don't necessarily see, but you feel and you demonstrate. So I just, yeah, I love that you, you've, you've called them the intangible skills. And those are really the things that we could be all working on during this, this new normal time of the pandemic. Yeah. And the last thing I want to just add to that is that the way that you practice a sport or working out or whatever, practice makes you build those abs, build that, you know, culinary skill set, build um, your ability to memorize whatever it is that you're doing it's the same thing with that intangible skill set you can't just be in this you you will never go through this thing where you get rejected and all of a sudden you're going to walk out of it flawlessly and blissfully you need to also practice getting rejected practice courage practice bravery practice you know different communication styles because that's the only way that you uh, make progress and quote unquote not that i i like this word but quote unquote perfect it so that it aligns with who you are. So practice those social skill sets as best you can, because that is what's going to help you in transitions. Um, And and, and it really determines, uh, you know, I see a lot of people go through years of misery, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, because of one source of loss and other people that just slide right by and they're just, you know, moving very steadfast in it. And people are like, how are they doing that? They've practiced that you know, whether they knew it or not. So, you know, just kind of recognizing that emotions need practice as much as your physical does too. Mm -hmm. As as you were talking, what was coming to my mind was the visual of a, a toolbox and that in a toolbox, you don't just have a screwdriver. You have many different tools 
And it's like by us practicing it or developing those skills, we're, we're actually having tools, like a robust set of tools that we can use or apply to different situations, which will help us be able to navigate or help us to be able to just, you know, use or leverage when we need to. So yeah. I totally hear you about that around practicing and developing these skills. So as we draw to a close, what would be your, I guess, you know, your final words of wisdom that you would like to impart to the community? Um, I would say lead with balance, rebalancing your mental, physical, and spiritual self in the sense of you use your head, your head will give you as much logic as you want it to, but also lead with your heart. You know, don't don't close your heart when you are in tough transitions or tough moments in your life because it's very easy. That's how you turn against yourself. You know, be warm to situations, um, even if you're not getting what you need. And remember, that's just life redirecting you. It's just a moment of time. It doesn't define you. Your past doesn't define you. You you define you. You know, so lead lead with logic, but also lead with your heart. And I think that's what makes people connect. It's what makes you authentic. And it's it's what builds your compassion and your ability to give back in relationships. Because if you're always taking, 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 you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out because your heart is closed. So, yeah, a good balance. Balance. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, Shara. If people want to get to know more about you and your work, where can they find you? You can absolutely visit the website, www.neuroorganics.com. Um, you can book um, a session with me. And I am also very flexible just because I'm so passionate about this work. So if people um, need some flexibility with pricing or times or whatever, happy to accommodate. Um, you can also email at selfcare at neuroorganics.com. And I'm also on uh, Instagram, Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R two underscores, A-L-L-Y. Um, and you can also find me on like LinkedIn, same thing, Dr. Shara Ali or Twitter. Like it's very, um, with technology, you're very accessible. And, you know, I'm happy to meet people where they are in their journey of, of self-care. Beautiful. So thank you again. Thank you again, Shara, for joining us on today's episode of Worth the Wisdom. For more details on Well Millennial and the Worth the Wisdom podcast, Check out our website at wellmillennial.ca, our LinkedIn page, and our private community space.